Shalom everybody. We are continuing with this discourse from Rav Nosen, Likut Arachot, section Orachayim, Hilchot Berkat Hoda'ah, the laws of the blessings of giving thanks, which is basically today Berkat HaGomel, that we say when traveling overseas, etc., or coming out of danger. Four types of danger as brought down in the Code of Jewish Law based on Psalm 107. Discourse number six, which again is based on the Kutimar Nesson 24. At this point, after showing how necessary, how needed is the light of Hanukkah, and at this point again, Rav Nosen now digresses and goes away from the concept of Hanukkah, since he opened up a new vista on the idea of the light of Hanukkah as relating to the light of the tzaddikim, and basically the light of the tzaddikim is, an, is associated with the anointing oil, the concept of oil which burns. Anointing, it wasn't, when, when it was anointed, it wasn't burned necessarily, but the ingredient of the anointing oil is olive oil, which is also used to burn and to produce light. And anyways, when there was inauguration of the high priest and the tabernacle and the Beit HaMikdash, it automatically produced a spiritual light. <laughs> the inauguration of all the vessels of the Holy Temple and Tabernacle and the Kohen Gadol and the Kohenim, the inauguration through the anointing oil brought a spiritual light into their existence, into their mission, to shine light into this world. And now by extension, Rav Nosen says this light is the light of the Tzaddikim in every generation, that the person needs the light of the Tzaddikim to shine and protect them, bringing them light and joy. In, in their struggles to come close to Hashem and their struggles to meet up to their rectifications that they have to do in life. With this, Avnosin goes to the last parsha of the Torah, Parshat Vezot Abracha, the conclusion of Moshe Rabbeinu's blessings, which by being the conclusion is like basically the summary of everything. It sums up everything in the Torah when Moshe Rabbeinu is about to depart and he gives his last blessings, those last words, believe it or not, contain like a secret and a message and a point that is the key for everything else in the Torah. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu is leaving. And what's interesting is that this final blessing is associated with the last of the 12 tribes that Moshe Rabbeinu blesses, the tribe of Asher. If you look in the Chumash, in the book of Dvarim, Parashat Vezot Abracha, you'll see that each tribe has like a separate blessing, okay? And they're divided in the, in the Chumash, in the Sefer Torah, as individual parshiot, sections and chapters. However, the parsha of Asher, the, the, the last blessing towards Asher, is joined together with the blessing to all of Israel to show that there's something very special in the tribe of Asher and the blessing he received as it relates to the whole Jewish people. Because the, the Torah itself joined the blessing of Asher with Moshe Rabbeinu's like, goodbye blessings, final blessings to all of Israel together in the same parasha. So even the commentators show the connection. Rashi hints to it, Abarbanel, etc. They go into the connection between the blessing towards Asher and towards all of Israel that Asher has in his blessing something which is needed for everything. Also, the word Asher. The name Asher, he was given that name Asher to say fortunate, Leah called him Asher. She's saying Ashrai, 
how fortunate I will be now praised and giving thanks and, and people will be happy about me. That's why it's called Asher. The name Asher is something very special because it connotes joy. And joy is the key for everything else. So with that in mind, Rav Nusin goes into the details. He will now extensively go into the verses dealing with Asher's blessing and that final blessing to all Israel in these verses. We're we're talking about Dvarim, chapter 33, from verse 24, Ul Asher Amar, until Asherecha Yisrael, which is verse 26. So how many verses are we talking about? 23, 24, 25, 26, three verses, which sum up everything. Sorry, there's more. I made a mistake. Also, verse 27, 28, 29. Okay? So from verse 24 to 29, four, five, six verses. Okay? That in this, Rav Nassim will open up, showing that this is the key for everything that we need to survive, to make it, to advance with all the ideas mentioned until now in this lesson. So Vnosan says like this, <coughs> paragraph 23. <clears throat> One second, please. This is the meaning of what it says in verse 24 of chapter 33 in Dvarim. And he dipped his feet his foot raglo in oil right just to read the verse it's 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 necessary to see the whole verse and and the content and in context of this part and to asher moshe rabbeinu said the following baruch mi banim asher blessed from all the sons will be asher okay in other words rashi brings down that you that he says you won't find quality sons like you do in the tribe of asher He'll be desired by his brothers, the other tribes, because they will need him for the olive oil that his land produces and the delicious tasting fruit that his land produces. And he has so much oil that he's able to dip his foot in oil. And even Rashi brings a Gemara of a... Of a of a nation far from from Israel called Lutkia, and they needed tons of olive oil, and they were told that the best quality olive oil that you need, you'll get in the Holy Land. So they sent a messenger with tons of money, like a hundred million zuzim. The Gemara says, and he came all the way to Yerushalayim. He said, looking for this olive oil, they sent him to Tyre, Tzor, which is technically part of the border. It's in Tyre, in Lebanon today. That's part of the border of Eretz Yisrael, the beginning of the border of Eretz Yisrael where Asher is buried, believe it or not. They went to Tzur. He went to Tzur. They sent him to Gush Chalav, which if it's the same place as today, it, that's located north of Meron, if you know the map of Israel. So he came, and he was looking for oil. They sent him to a certain man. They, he went to the man. He was in the middle of his orchard, his, his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, oil, his uh, olive, olive grove, <clears throat> tending, tending to his olives. And he couldn't believe that this man will have... He looks like such a simple person. He himself was working on the olive trees, on the grove. This is the guy. He has enough oil for me. He said, what do they do to me, these Jewish people? Who did they send me to? He said, and he asked him, do you have... I need olive oil and, and at the amount of 100 million zuzim. He said, yeah, okay, wait for me. I'll finish my work. 
He couldn't believe it. This man, simple guy, he's saying, yeah, I have the value of a mil- I want 100 million zuzim. So he, he brought him home. He said, let me finish my work. And while walking back, he was like kicking with his feet the rocks that were like in the way. So this messenger who came with tons of money, he was shocked. You know, you think I'm like a millionaire who has tons of olive oil that I need for my whole country would, ha- would be respectable and have maybe servants doing this type of job for him. He himself is doing it. He had such doubts. But he followed him anyways. The man came home and his servant prepared for him hot water. He washed his legs and his feet with the hot water. And then the servant, the shivcha, the maid servant, she brought a golden container with olive oil. And he dipped his foot in the olive oil in order to fulfill this part of the verse, that Asher's blessing is to dip the feet, the foot in oil, referring to olive oil, to fulfill that he dipped it. And he said, okay, you want 100 million? Zuzim, no problem. So he, he, he brought out tons of olive oil for him. <clears throat> and then after he brought the whole amount, he said, do you need more? So the messenger said, of course I need more, but I ran out of money. She said, okay, I'll lend you, and then I'll come with you to your country, and then you can pay me back. So another, this, that was 100 million, so another 180,000 Zuzim, he gave, he, of, uh, worth of olive oil did he give to him by loan. And the, the, the Gemara says that he needed so many camels and donkeys to load the olive oil to bring to the port, to bring back to Lutkia, that he had to rent out every single available donkey and camel in the whole land of Eretz Israel at the time to bring back the olive oil. Okay? And when he came back, this messenger, this messenger from Lutkia to his country, with the Jew who gave him from the tribe of Asher, they gave him the oil. So the whole community of this, the, the capital came to greet him because he came with tons of olive oil. They were waiting for him. And they were praising him. He said, don't praise me. Praise this guy. Who's <laughs> the one who I owe money still. I still owe money. He gave, he gave me even more and more olive oil. <clears throat> so this is what the Rashi brings. <clears throat> Rav Nosen now wants to go into the idea of oil as it relates to the feet. Oil, as we said, is the light of joy of the tzaddikim, corresponding to the light of Hanukkah, right? The oil, oil of Hanukkah, the initial oil and the extension of the other seven days of the miracle, but all emanating from the first initial day. And this oil, and we have not went into great detail already into the anointing oil, Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, and the oil of the menorah, that all this is the light of the infinite light shining through the tzaddikim, shining joy to everyone else that they can also hold on and eventually reach that infinite light. So Rav Nussan says like this, Now we can explain this verse from Dvarim, Parashat Vesot Bracha, and he dips his foot in oil. What does that mean? What is the idea here? Rav Nussan says like this, Kitzuchin l'hamshich or ha-shemen baraglin. Because we have to draw the light of this holy oil, the light of the infinite light that the tzaddikim are able to shine down into us, already to shine it into the feet. The feet, as Rabbi Nachman explains in Lesson 24, is the initial stage of growth of the mitzvot done with joy. That now the mitzvot are now in momentum, or in motion, to arouse. That when a person does a mitzvah with simcha, He's able to extract the mitzvah 
and the divine presence associated with the mitzvah that's trapped in, in galut, in exile, in the forces of evil, the klipot, the exchange chambers, you name it. It's all one concept. Once they're extracted out by doing the mitzvah besimcha, now the mitzvah is in momentum. However, Rav pointing out here, that mitzvah needs protection. Where do you get the protection from? Meaning what? That the Yetzirah will continue to attack a person to bring him down to atzvut, to sadness. So even though he may have in the past done mitzvot of joy and he's gotten somewhere, the Yetzirah doesn't give up. The evil side, the exchange chambers, the klipot, the exile, they attack again and again with an onslaught of worries and troubles to make a person even after he's done and accomplished something, to bring him down again to sadness and atzvut. Why all this? To prevent his advancement in life. The person has to keep on going. And the key for that is simcha. Okay? To have that, you need a protection. A protection meaning a light shining you this awareness that, and, 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 and clarity, bringing you constant joy. No matter what challenges sent you, you're able to bypass it with joy. That's the protection we need. So he says you need to draw this light of the oil, this holy oil, that should shine in the legs, the concept of the legs. Okay? That there, by the, the level of the legs, is the main place where evil has hold. The evil since the legs are considered touching the ground, the earth, and they're the lowest part of the body, so they correspond to the mitzvah that a person begins to do, that he begins to try to mitchazek and strengthen himself to serve Hashem, such people are under attack the most. When you are beginning, you're trying to serve Hashem, and trying to lift yourself up, you're under attack. Okay, it's, it's, it's obvious. Why under attack? Because you are still in such close proximity to the earth, the earth corresponding to the klipot, the realm of evil. That's the idea of the earth, okay? You know, the Rav Zushav Anapoli, he brings down this conduct that when a person wakes up in the morning, he should not put his feet on the earth until he washes his hand. The, the Nagel Vasar should be done while still in bed, even lying straight, lying down still. It's not so easy. But many Hasidim have adapted themselves to doing this conduct from youth, so it is pretty easy for them. But having the, the, the bowl and the, the water ready next to the bed to such a, an extent that while lying down, I can pick it up and do washing the hands before even getting up from the bed. Not to put the foot on the earth, to place the, the, the foot on the ground. Not even to do that. Because why? The body is so impure when sleeping, and when waking up, this impurity is still on the body, even though it's on the, on the hands. It's also on the legs. Just like the Ben Ishchai brings, though, that we don't have the capacity to remove the impurity from the legs. So we wash only the hands. In the temple, if you notice, the Kohanim washed both their hands and legs. Because in the temple, they were able to re- remove the impurity from the legs, from the holiness of the Kior and the holy temple and the tabernacle. They're able to remove the impurity thanks to the holiness of the Beit HaMikdash from the legs. Today we can't. So the impurity, even though it stays on the legs, we can't, we, can't access, we can't remove it. So what we do do, what is accessible is removing the impurity from the hands. So we wash the hands and not the legs when we wake up in the morning. Ideally we should wash the legs also, but we can't. We're at that level and the capacity to remove that impurity until the Beit HaMikdash comes. Bezat Hashem. 
Alright? So, Rav Nosen is saying, the main place that the evil has a stronghold on, right? The evil has a main hold on the legs, the concept of the legs. And, we, and the goal is to remove them. We're trying to remove the holiness that was there once in the exchange chambers to extract from there because they still have a stronghold in that, dom- that, that domain. Like Rav explained earlier in, in section 19, the idea of ner, the verse from Psalms, chapter 119. Like a candle to my legs, to my walking, are your words. The words that you shine to me are like a candle to my legs. He explained this idea that we have to shine the candle, the light, into the legs. He said this earlier also in, in paragraph 19. And it's amazing. Here it's clear that this light is dibur. That your words, the words of the tzaddikim, to give me enthusiasm and encouragement to be happy, right? That's the, the, the diburim, the, the words are like a candle to my feet. And we mentioned this right again earlier in, in paragraph 19. Balideze through now, tovel b'shemen dipping, it's amazing, you dip, you immerse the feet in the oil, meaning what? That a person totally immerses his mitzvah that he does with the light of the tzaddikim to protect. He immerses, totally, total emuna. I'm jumping in and putting my legs, which is the mitzvah that I do, that I'm beginning to do, and trying to advance, they're totally immersed, the verse says, tovel, I dip that it's totally immersed in this holy oil, the anointing oil, represented the light of the tzaddikim. Totally connection. Total connection. What an amazing insight. Tovel. Just like when you go to the mikveh, you're totally in the water. You're dipping the legs totally in the oil, meaning it's totally saturated with the light of the tzaddikim. That's the goal. That's in the blessing here that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving. Tovel b'shem en ragno. Through this, barzel, through this, the next verse, verse 25, right after this initial blessing, see here it's a blessing on Asher's land and also for all of Israel. Rashi's Begzadan also. Iron and copper is min alecha. Min al is a funny word. It means a few things. It means a lock, like a bolt, that the, the, the Eretz Israel is bolted. In other words, it's sealed with strong production of iron and copper. Okay? So, also that the borders, Rashi brings down, the borders of the Holy Land, which is the like the door, which is bolted, it's strong because of such warriors, Jewish warriors, soldiers and warriors at the borders, it's as if iron and copper bolting entrance, entry into the Holy Land. Rav Nosen, and also the commentary said also means the shoes. A naal is the word for, in Hebrew for a shoe. So, barzel choshet min alecha, your shoe, this is how Rav Nosen is interpreting it also, like the other commentaries that bring this down, like copper, iron and copper are your shoes, which means just a shoe protects the leg. So just imagine a, a, a shoe made of, like Iron Man, <laughs> an iron and copper shoe, is a major protection. So Rav Nosen is showing, right after the words, V'tovel b'shemen raglo, verse 24, the end of verse 24, and you dip your foot, 
the leg in oil. Right after that, verse 25, iron and copper are your shoes. Because now you dipped your foot in oil, you have this protection, so it's as if Barzel Nechoshed Min Alecha. Look what Rav Nosson says. Vayedeze Barzel Nechoshed Min Alecha. Through this, the next verse, verse 20, 25, which means, Shemal Haraglin Bivchinat Min Alim Shel Nechoshed to Barzel. That now you're able to dress up the legs, protect the legs with shoes made of copper and iron. Which means what? Shelo Yuchlu Litkarev Elenu Vichule. That with this protection, force, this protective force field of this holy oil which is the light of the tzaddikim, the light of the joy of the tzaddikim it's now protecting the legs your mitzvah which are on the level of legs that now the evil, the exchange chambers can no longer, cannot come close to try to attack us Valken that's why Rav Nosson points out the blessing of Asher is juxtaposed immediately to the not. it's not a blessing, it's like a, a point of, of Moshe Rabbeinu is ma- making to after all the blessings, what merit you have. So that's what Rav points out. This is why the verse immediately right after this whole uh, blessing to Asher and the praise of it, and mentioning these the idea of the feet here and the oil and the shoes being protected. The verses immediately begin to praise Israel and to make great their joy. In other words, like Rashi points out, Rashi, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Rashi points out, in summary, you have everything. Hashem is with you, the Jewish people, so you have everything. You're not lacking anything. Ashrecha Yisrael, the verse comes up to read in, uh, in verse... Uh, in verse twenty-nine, it sums up Ashrecha Israel. How happy are you? One interpretation of Ashrecha means how happy you are. Fortunate and happy are you, Israel, because you have everything based on this. So Rav, Rav Nosson points out immediately after verse in verse twenty-five, right? It says Baran Zeln Choshet Min Alecha. It starts talking about all the all the greatness that Am Israel has now. So it says here, like Rav Nosson points out, that's why the verses immediately go into the praise of Israel to make big their joy, that they have the right to be joyous. As it says right afterwards, you see, it says in the next verse, 26, And Rashi explains clearly, Yeshurun, which is another name, Jesurun, Jeshurun is a name for the Jewish people. You should know, Rashi points out, you should know Yeshurun, the Jewish people, there's no God like the Lord amongst all the nations okay and the greatest Lord existing the greatest being you the greatest thing in all of creation is with you is with you you have to be extremely happy so again Rav Nosen right Etc. Because all the the the, up, the the verses are going into these praises. Let's 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 look inside quickly. En Yeshurun, Yeshurun, you should know there is no god like the god that you have. Rochev Shamayim Bezrecha, the one who's riding on the clouds on the heavens, he's there to assist you. Uvgavato Shechakim, and the heavens which are where his his greatness and his gava, his Hashem's greatness, his 
gava is hardy. You can't say Hashem is hardy, but yes, in the sense we can. Hashem's hardiness is in the shechakim, which is a, a level, a realm in the heavens. Meona elokedem. Meona Rashi points out means to the dwelling place that that is the shechakim and the shemaim is the dwelling place of the God who is there always before everybody before all creation. And underneath him are all the big shots like Sichon and Og and all the and the world powers who try to show their greatness. They're all underneath him. And Hashem will kick out, obliterate, move away and, and exile from before you, your enemies. And He tells you, destroy them. Hashem tells you to destroy them. And Israel will, li- will live, will reside Betach Badad, each Jew will be so strong in his bitachon of Hashem, and Hashem's bitachon, his trust is strong in helping every Jew, so every Jew is able to live Badad individually. They're not dependent on each other. They're so strong with their faith in Hashem, each one can handle on their own. And then Moshe Benu says, Ein Yaakov, the blessings given here are similar to the blessings that Yaakov gave to the 12 tribes before leaving last week's parasha, Vayichi. Okay? El Eretz Dagan V'Tirosh Ein Yaakov Like the blessings of of Yaakov Right? El Eretz Dagan V'Tirosh All the blessings uh, that you get in the land of, of produce Of the grains And wine Of Shamav And on top of that the blessings that Yitzchak gave To the Jewish people Not just the blessings of Yaakov But the blessings Moshe Rabbeinu gave here Are also similar to the blessings given by Moshe Rabbeinu Which is even your, your heavens The heavens will shower upon you do which was the blessing found in Yitzchak's blessings the wording from Yitzchak's blessing and then the verse finally completes Ashrecha Yisrael fortunate and happy are you Israel Michamocha, who are like you Israel Am Noshab Hashem a nation that Hashem is always there to save you what a blessing Magen Ezrecha a shield of your protection and your sword is your, your hardiness that you can rely always on Hashem and to the point where your enemies are so scared of you, they begin to lie and, and try to cover up because they're so afraid of you. And yet you, like Rashi says, you will be able to put your feet, to, to press your feet on the enemy's neck. This is the end of the blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's giving the point Rav Nosan is making, you have what to be happy about. Hashem is always there for you. That's what the light of the tzaddikim is meant to shine to every Jewish person. That no matter what you're going through, strengthen your emunan bitachon that Hashem is there for you. This is the greatest level of da'at that you can have. To know that Hashem is always there. That's what Hashem wants. He wants His greatness to be made known. That He's always there to help those who reside under Him. Who take, take shelter in Him. This is the awe of the Shem and of the tzaddikim shining this joy of hope to everyone. Okay? So going back to Renosim. It talks immediately about the greatness of Israel in order to make greater joy because the verse completes with Ashrecha. Look, like it says there, like we saw in verse 26, there's no God, you should know Yeshua, there's no God like the God that's there out for you, Yeshurun, etc. Until the last verse there, verse 26, Ashrecha Yisrael, how happy, how unfortunate are you, Israel, for all this? Okay, so Rav Nussan points out that all this is thanks to 
the final blessing which is mentioned by Asher, Tovel Beshemen Raglo, and then Barzel Nechoshet Min Alecha, and then goes right into the praise of Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu goes right into that. He didn't separate Asher's blessing as a separate paragraph, like we said, a separate, separate parasha. It's right into this, okay? To show that this is the condition for all of Israel. Tovel Beshemen Raglo, dip your legs, your mitzvot, which are low, which are far, which are under attack from the evil, dip your legs, the concept of these mitzvot, into the oil, into the tzaddikim, the light of the tzaddikim. Attach yourself to the tzaddikim. You'll need it. You're going to need it because it's going to shine you a light of joy and encouragement to help you to go through everything you have to go through, the challenges that Yetzirah is going to try to present to take away your legs, the mitzvot of your legs, which are low. Okay? So then Rav Nosin now goes back to wording from the initial verse or the second verse, Barzan Choshet Min Alecha, Iron and copper are your shoes. Uchiamecha Dovecha. What does that mean? Uchiamecha Dovecha. And like your days are your Dovecha. Rashi brings three explanations, and Rav Nosin is going to work on the third one. Like uh, Rashi says in his third explanation, like the days that you serve Hashem, your days which are called good days. Because the commentaries explain that only the days that a person serves Hashem are counted as days. The days of a person's life where he doesn't serve Hashem, they're not considered days at all. They're not days. They're dead. <laughs> they're dead. The days. So, according to the days that you serve Hashem, the nations will be flowing in gold and silver into you to buy produce and to support Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael will be filled with money from the diaspora, with gold and silver coming in based on how much the Jews there are serving Hashem. According to the days you're serving Hashem, that's how much the bracha and the shefa and the bounty will come into Eretz Yisrael. So here, this is now the meaning of this, these two words from the verse 25, right? We, we, we skipped those words, now we're going to explain them now. According to the days that you served Hashem, Sheperesh Rashi, Rashi explained the following, in his third explanation, that all the nations, the word Dovecha, is like Zav, the Dalet and the Zion are interchangeable. So they'll be flowing, Zav means to flow, okay? That all the nations will be flowing, Mezivot into your land, the holy land, silver and gold. What, what does that mean? What does it mean to have an abundance of silver and gold? So he said, "Rav saying, Hainu bechinat otzem abracha bechinat bracha bekat hayadaim In other words, this shows how much bracha there will be, unbelievable amount of bracha that will be even physical. Because, like we said in lesson the Kutimar, lesson twenty-four, the main blessings is the blessing of the intellect, right? Like and also like it says in Prekavot, Dadat Kanita Machasarta Dat Chasarta Makanita. If you have Dat, the wisdom, knowledge of Hashem, the awareness of Hashem, what are you lacking? You have everything in life. And if you don't if you don't have the the wisdom, the knowledge of Hashem, what do you have? All the money you have is no value. So here, Allah is pointing out to be so much abundance of bracha, of the real bracha of the dat that will become to materialize even into physical brachot which are underneath it. So this is the awesome level of blessings that come from the hands, which are the concept of the Bikat HaYadayim. He says there in Likut Emran Lesson 24, that the hands are the concept of bracha. So that's what it's saying here, that first it goes into the legs, 
the, the verse begins, verse 25, when, you see, when you have the status that iron and copper are your shoes, your legs are protected, so then you are activating the bracha, which is the next stage, which is the level of the hands. That's what he says, and according to the days you're serving Hashem, dov echa, you'll be getting, flowing into your land, abundance of blessing, which is the concept of the hands, also mentioned here, Bezat Hashem.